Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is mob. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Engage. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. You know him as a senator's son, a millionaire's son, a military son. We are the fortunate ones to have back on the show this week, Mr. Justin Bishop. Yay! Justin Bishop, yay. Yeah, I like your Credence Clearwater Revival uh, <laughs> reference there. also like the way you say mob. Mob. Bob? Yeah, mob. It, yeah, mob. Uh, mob. Because it, it's it's weird because there's things that are spelled like normal English words in the clean. It looks like mab. Yeah, it looks like mab. There, there was one a few episodes ago that was jab, and I was like, it can't be just jab. Like there has to be some sort of weird, you know, guttural pronunciation to it. But as far as I know, it's spelled M A B, so it gets pronounced mab. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been man it's been um probably about a week or so since we've recorded it's been a week because we didn't yeah. do our other podcast this week that's true <laughs> so i saw you posted on instagram uh you watching the uh the episode thank you and uh yeah it, uh, it seems like a good way to prepare yeah to actually watch the episode <laughs> actually watching it what else have you been watching um the expanse oh um, yes. i'm like five or six episodes into season one so i'm very early on but okay it, kind of rules is it is this the first time you've watched it yes because our good friend will benton who i'm sure will make an appearance on this show at some point yeah he recommended Um, it to me yeah i mean i i had watched the first couple episodes a while back when before amazon acquired it when it was still on whatever channel it was on before Mm. but before it was an amazon original um i did watch the first couple episodes then and i liked it but i just I think I was watching too many things at once and just didn't have time. And yeah, I recently picked it back up. So nice. Nice. Yeah. I've heard good things. And of course, well, I remember a while back, this was probably in season one and I, a writer that I, a movie like reviewer or, or film site writer that I, I read called it the first movie that, or the first show that felt like it was like picking up Battlestar Galactica's mantle. Oh. You know, like the first mo- the first show since Battlestar. That's high praise. That's yeah, Battlestar Galactica is my favorite TV show. Yeah. So yeah. I've always been like, well, I should probably watch this show. And I've been watching. I mean, I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier like everyone else mm-hmm. this week. So, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, like it, like everyone else who is alive. I've been watching The Good Place a lot. It's a good show. It's really, it's a it's, great it's a, show. Yeah, it's it's, really it's legit it's really becoming funny. one of my favorite sitcoms. Yeah, because it's smart. It's like philosophical debates. Yeah, yeah, and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. yeah, it's so well cast, very well written. The production values solid, but yeah, like really funny and very philosophical. It's like very thought provoking and yes. hilarious at the same time. Yes, yeah. absolutely, really, really good. We are working our way through Modern Family. We had, you know, we were watching. That's that. one I haven't watched yet. I've heard. 
everyone tells me to watch it, but you know, it'll it'll yeah. be on the list. Add okay. it to the list. Uh, you know, you know eleven ever growing list. Yeah, eleven seasons. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> eleven <laughs> seasons. Eleven. That seasons, is quite man. a commitment. It's a lot. <laughs> if you if I mean they're half hours, so you know 20, 22 minutes. But I've also it's, slowly um, been working my way through this show called The Dark, uh, called Dark on on Netflix. Have you seen that? Dark. Dark. Yeah, it's a German show. Really? What's up? Give me the elevator pitch. Well, if I say too much, it'll ruin some surprises. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I will say that it it involves multiple time periods in a small German town where there's a nuclear power plant. Mm. And it feels very much like I get lost vibes from it. Okay. In that every episode brings up more questions than it answers, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's three seasons, fairly short, you know, 10, 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done with season two. So I'm pretty far into it. And I've heard that it sticks the landing very well. Nice. It's not still in production, is it? No, it's over. Third oh, okay. season ended it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll have to look into that. Cause um, you know, we, we've been talking about certain things that we want to start after modern family and you know, the ever present question, well, what do you want to watch? I don't know. What yeah. Do yeah. So I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get there uh, eventually. Yeah. We did uh Falcon and winter soldier and oh boy, that was freaking awesome. It was good. <laughs> yeah. It's really I watch good. a lot of the wire too. You know, I've never cracked the wire. This is my second or third time all the way through. Oh yeah, everybody raves. Um, I don't rewatch TV shows really. Usually, I'm one and done, uh, mm. just because it's so long of a commitment. There's too many other good shows out there, which other people are not like that. Like my wife, she wants to watch the same shows, her comfort shows, over and over. And I get that. And I, yeah. and some people like the feeling of like I know what's going to happen, so it's low anxiety and like you know, it's, I like to be constantly surprised by all the media that I consume. So I don't rewatch movies a lot. I don't rewatch TV shows a lot. I mean, I have movies that I revisit, but when I revisit them, it's every couple of years. Maybe yeah, there I was are, gonna say there's there's like maybe five movies that I might revisit annually, but yeah. most of them like oh, I haven't seen this movie in a few years, even if I own it, you know, just because right. there's a lot of new stuff out there and I don't want to yeah. watch the new stuff. Tons of new stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've been kind of steering clear of all the Batman stuff. Uh, have you watched Justice League yet? No, I have not. I've I watched I, it Sunday. Did you? It's yeah. that's that's quite a commitment from what I understand. But like I watched it in one sitting. Did you? And by, I mean, I took bathroom breaks. And <laughs> okay. Stuff, but. I'm a big Batman fan and I've been trying to steer clear of a lot of the Batman stuff until I see the new one because I told myself I was only going to watch the trailer once, which I did for a good long while. And then that's when like the pandemic hit and the shutdown and all this stuff. And then finally I was kind of like, you know, I haven't watched that in a while and it's going to be a while before we can actually see it in the theater. So let's start. And I watched it, you know, a couple more Come on the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Our Pats, our bats. And uh, I'm I'm really psyched for it. I'm I'm very psyched for it. I think Matt Reeves rules and I think Robert Pattinson rules. uh, And I'm I think he gets a bad rap because of all the like teeny bopper. Yeah. I think that's starting to break because people are starting to see him in cool stuff. Like he's in Tenet, like most recently he's in a good time is really good. That was directed by the Safdie brothers who did uh, hidden gems. Mm. The one with Sandler. And then he's in the lighthouse. Yeah, anyway. oh, Lighthouse got a lot of solid juice behind it. Like, Robert Pattinson rules. Yeah, and I, I, I think I he's just, one of the best actors out there right now. I, I think for me personally, I was just like, if we're ever going to get a Batman movie that really showcases Batman as a detective, it looks like it could be this one. 
Yeah. A lot of seven vibes. David Fincher's seven coming off. Oh, of that there are shots tons, in that trailer tons. that are ripped directly from seven. <laughs> Not like vibes. It's like Matt Reeves is specifically going, I really like the movie seven directed by David Fincher. Have you guys seen it? This is what it looks like. Here's, here's, what, would, here's what it looks like if Batman was in it. Yeah. No, I mean, it looks like it's really well cast and well shot. And um, nobody sets out to make a bad Batman movie. Not really. I mean, sometimes whether or not they were, whether or not they've been (laughs) successful (laughs) in that effort is uh, to be debated. I I enjoy most of the Batman movies, uh, even the ones that are considered bad. Yeah. Like the Joel Schumacher ones are not good movies, but they're enjoyable movies to me. I mean, I think they're, they're high camp fun and they're, they're very bad, especially Batman and Robin, but I do draw the line at Batman versus Superman. um, I think it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really actually very bad. Yeah. Uh, But I will say, I don't want to give anything away, but I will just go ahead and tell you, you know, spoiler free review. I liked Zack Snyder's Justice League. I liked it a lot. All right. I, was, I was surprised. You strike me as someone that's hard to please when it comes to superhero fare. Most of the Marvel stuff I'm down for. Uh, I mean, they've got, they've got a good formula. Yeah, they do. They know what they're doing. Kev, yeah. Kevin Feige has a good hold on what they're trying to do. There are some blunders here and there. Most notably, I think the second Thor movie is at the bottom of the barrel to me. Yeah. And yeah. Iron Man 2 is pretty close to the bottom to me. But most, and even those, I don't hate. I mean, there's things about both of those that I enjoy. Yeah. They're not like terrible. The least of Marvel's movies is better than the best of some other franchises. I think Zack Snyder just, I think he fundamentally misunderstands the characters. Yeah. And I think I, that's why I disliked Man of Steel and and Batman versus Superman. But I've come to terms with it. And I was able to look past that a little bit in the new one. Mm. I mean, it's very self-indulgent. It's four. It's a, It's four hours long, yeah. but it does start. The first hour has three needle drops, and two of them are Nick Cave songs, and one of them is This Mortal Coil. So I'm like, this is the gothest superhero movie I've ever seen. I, I texted Bunny. I was like, this is like a sad bastard ho- uh, superhero movie. This is I. This is like they're making this for me. I love it. Wow, <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. It's got its faults. B- believe me, but. I was pleasantly surprised. By and you, HBO Max? Yeah, man. That's the only okay, way to watch perfect. it. Okay. I, I couldn't HBO remember because didn't they say they were going to do it in the theaters? Or am I am I just... They will. They have not said that I know specifically, but he shot the movie in 4-3 ratio, which right. is a square, not anamorphic, which to me indicates that they're going to try to release it on IMAX one day because that's, the, say, that's the shape like of an that's... IMAX screen. So nice. anyway, yeah. what would you think if Zack Snyder directed a Star Trek movie? Oh man, a lot of slow mo. It would look amazing. It would um, look great. Yeah, because I be very it, very brooding. Yeah, I think there would be a lot of light source from outside the ship, and I think they did this a little bit in First Contact or Generations, where like Picard is in his quarters and Deanna Troy's in there talking to him, and it was like, "Hey, somebody want to turn on a lamp or something?" It was just all <laughs> dark, except when he would walk past a window, like a light would go over his face, which was really cool. But I feel like Zack Snyder would try to do that throughout the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, but I think it would be cool. That's actually that would actually didn't, be a lot of fun. Didn't Jonathan Frakes direct First Contact? Jonathan Frakes directed First Contact and i thought he direct, did he direct insurrection i, I forget i think he directed another one i'm drawing a blank now I should, wow and you host I a star that. trek podcast you don't know every <laughs> bit of trivia 
I am so glad I figured out a different name I'm for ta- the podcast instead of Trexperts because I would have <laughs> not, not lived up to the title <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm not sure Computer Resume was the best choice. You know what? Better. But... It's better than Trexperts, I think. How do you spell Trexperts? That's, That's why I changed it because I could <laughs> not figure out. I was like, I got to have some sort of logo. And then I was Is there like, an X in there? Is it? Yeah. I was like, do you go with an X? Do you go with a K? Yeah, is it hmm. KS? Because then you get Trex Perts and was, or Trek Spurts, and it's Trek just like Spurts. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds gross. So well, I'm real excited about Star Trek. Super excited. <laughs> it's in the title. So, uh, all that being said, thank you for coming back on the show. But uh, let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! When Enterprise comes between bitter rivals, release that hostage. The crew becomes a target. This isn't any of our business. I've got an armory full of torpedoes. We're not handling this in the right way. Any other orders of mine you'd like to question? An all-new Enterprise. So a ship from Earth, the Fortunate, is attacked by Noskins, and Enterprise is sent to help. When they arrive, the freighter is relatively unharmed, apart from Captain Keen, who's down for the count in the infirmary, and the rest of the crew are like, what you want? While helping with repairs, T'Pol detects a Nausicaan biosign. Yeah, a little too rough. Commander Matthew Ryan and his men are secretly torturing a Nausicaan, asking him, What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Commander Ryan admits the Nausicaan pirate is their prisoner, but refuses to let Starfleet personnel see him. And Archer's like, well, give me all my stuff back. Ryan seemingly relents, but as Archer and his away team enter the cargo section of the freighter, the cargo pod is suddenly jettisoned away with the team inside. Before Fortunate warps away, it attempts to damage Enterprise to delay pursuit. Enterprise recovers its people and chases after him. Meanwhile, Fortunate arrives at the asteroid used by the Nausicaan pirates, but discovers the acquired shield codes are useless. The pirates attempt to board the freighter and rescue their boy just as Enterprise arrives and begins to engage the Nausicaan ships. Archer is able to make a deal. They can return the Nausicaan captive and the boarding party will stand down. Give me the whip. Throw me the idol. No time to argue. Ryan is uncooperative until Travis Mayweather pipes up saying, well, you're not talking about justice. You're talking about revenge. Ryan relents. Later, Archer and Captain Keen discuss Ryan's actions and his demotion back down to Buster. Keen's like, yeah, he messed up, but that's kind of our thing out here. And Archer's like, hmm, I don't know what that's like. Then hits his head on a beam as he walks out the door. Did I hit it all, Justin? Yeah, I think you got it. I think you got all that. The standoff, that's not a Mexican standoff. The Mexican standoff is like to death of like... Mexican standoff is you've got three people and they're all pointing their guns at each other. Think of uh, Reservoir Dogs. See, I was thinking Inglorious yeah. Bastards, but at least we're both thinking Quentin Well, Tarantino. Tarantino's <laughs> a big fan of the Mexican standoff. Okay. Uh, but yes, it's where you've got three people. They're all pointing their guns at each other. That's a Mexican standoff. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's called that. Maybe it originated in Mexico. I don't know. Maybe. That's weird. So did you like this episode? You haven't watched all the rest of them between this one and the last one you did, right? No, no, I haven't. I have I have not watched the ones in between. This episode was fine. <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's not bad. It just feels like a filler episode of a syndicated television show. Yeah. I feel like with Archer asserting himself of like, hey, if you're not going to let us 
help these people. We're not helping you. We're going to take back all of our stuff. I feel like, all right, somebody's cojones are barely fitting in their jumpsuit. Yeah, I mean, he definitely seems like he's, I don't know, he's becoming the captain that he's supposed to be or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like he, I don't know. It feels like he's a little more comfortable in the role. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I talked with either uh, Ren or JP about this, and I want to bounce this idea off of you. How would you feel if Enterprise had been a trilogy of movies instead of four seasons of a show? Uh, that might work better, yeah. honestly. The concept of Enterprise, the maiden voyage of the original like first Enterprise and, and yeah. exploring early warp technology and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. But how many stories do you really have out of that? I mean, you yeah. could. I mean, I guess there there is a version of a prequel series of Star Trek like this that could tell compelling stories every week, I guess. And this is it's not like this story was bad, but it's you know, it is a filler episode. Yeah. Uh, although it does work as like a good character study of um Travis Mayweather. Yes, yeah. Mayweather. I think the last one you were on was the Hoshi builder for Hoshi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I I, I like those types of episodes. I think those are fun. The rest of the cast and crew of the Enterprise, other than Archer and Mayweather, have very little to do this entire episode. Yeah, that's true. I know uh, to Paul and and the the doctor of fake McCoy, he like, uh, what's his name? Trip Tucker. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't like him. Uh, I think we established that last time I was here. Right, right. But he he gets to, I guess, command the ship for a little while because Archer's off doing other stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, most of the cast doesn't really have a whole lot to do in this episode. Star Trek has always kind of done this where it introduces a guest star mm-hmm. and character that's not part of the main cast and they become a big part of the plot. Like right. Star Trek's always done that. Yeah, uh, ever since the original series, mm-hmm. and not that that was that's like an innovative thing. I mean, lots of TV shows do that, but Star Trek yeah. in particular does do it. it. It works well in a show like this that's like syndicated, in that your people aren't going to necessarily watch every episode. You know, mm-hmm. not like they do now. Like if it's on Paramount Plus or whatever, right? Uh, where they can watch them all now. But when this originally aired, you might catch an episode, you might miss a couple. And so it stands alone as its own story. Something you don't see a lot in TV now, honestly. The other um, thing that I thought might be an interesting change was that having most of that first episode, and I think we talked about this when you were on first, was having most of that first season take place on Earth and having the season finale be the launch of Enterprise. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and instead of, and as much as I love Travis Mayweather, having Archer as the helmsman and having Admiral Forrest in the captain's chair. And then because of the wars or whatever that they get into later on, maybe Admiral Forrest is killed in battle and Archer has to take the captain's chair. And then things play out from there. So we talked a little bit before we got into the uh, recap about different people putting their spin on the Star Trek franchise Zack Snyder being one. What do you think a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek? Because, I mean, Listen, there's been, I know talk, there's been been... talk of a Star Trek movie directed <sighs> by Quentin Tarantino. So, if, yeah. all, First of, of all, all of that aside, what do you think a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek would look like? First of all, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I don't care how much Tarantino talks about it. It's never going to happen <laughs> because, A, Paramount's not going to put up $200 million for an R-rated Star Trek movie because that limits your audience and it yeah. limits your box office. Yeah. Also, I don't like the idea, and I'll, I'll answer your question in a second. But No, that's I have fine. I thoughts on this. No, uh, please. I don't yeah. like the idea of someone like Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie because I like his original ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone like that bogged down in a franchise. 
you know franchise comes with a lot of rules it does like i know that he want he talked like years ago he talked about how he always wanted to do like a james bond movie would a quentin tarantino james bond movie look cool yeah it'd be cool it'd be pretty Mm -hmm. cool uh i'm sure that he's seen them all a million times and i'm sure he would do some fun stuff with the tropes of james bond but also he'd still be under the thumb of Eon Productions and the Broccoli family. Just like here, he'd be under the thumb of Paramount and, and the Roddenberries. And Tarantino's a director where I want somebody to just go, here's $80 million, do whatever you want. <laughs> Let him tell an original story. Because I think he's a great director. I love this stuff. I don't know what I would think of an actual Tarantino movie if it came out. I'm sure I would enjoy it because he's yet to make a movie I don't enjoy. Uh, I think they're all good. Mm-hmm. But I don't see his style vibing with Star Trek, especially in dialogue. Yeah. I mean, and he can write other styles, like especially if you watch Kill Bill, which we covered on the Cinema Shock podcast recently. If you want to check that out, cinemashock.net. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice plug. Uh, Kill Bill. Very smooth. <laughs> he does do a thing where he has different styles of dialogue in that, like in the very first scene with spoiler alert Beatrix, uh, where she goes to Vernita Green's house and they're fighting. And then they have their little chat in the kitchen afterwards. He's doing a very stylized type of dialogue there that feels like a samurai movie, very proper way of speaking. It almost like you're reading the subtitles, like translated mm. version of the dialogue. Just mm-hmm. the, the words, the way they're saying is not like how either of them talk for the rest or well, she's Bernita's not in the rest of the movie, but it's not how the bride talks for the rest of the movie. Right. Uh, she's speaking in a very like distinct way. Mm. So Tarantino can clearly mimic other forms of dialogue other than making it sound necessary like quote-unquote tarantino dialogue so yeah he could do it i'd rather yeah, see him do he other stuff i just don't want yeah. him to do it yeah he he doesn't seem like the type of director that would be super on board for a space odyssey type right thing and i think yeah. when he says that he's writing a star trek script and he's even apparently had meetings about it or when he says that you know he's working on a james bond i think that's just as a writer he has ideas and he's like gonna write that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kind of, you know, you and I both know that scripts bounce around and get changed so much from the initial final draft to what actually ends up on screen. It touches right. God knows how many hands. For instance, there's a movie that's out right now called Chaos Walking. Hmm. Uh, it's based on a series of books by Patrick Ness. Patrick Ness is a really good writer. The books are incredible. I first read those books years ago, like probably six years ago, because they announced that a movie was in the works. The movie's just now coming out, but they announced it, and they announced that Charlie Kaufman would be writing the screenplay. Hmm. Well... Charlie Kaufman's an incredible writer uh, and an incredible filmmaker. One of my favorites. I just read a novel by him. That's one of the wildest things I've ever read. And I was intrigued that like he would be adapting this. And I read what the book was about. It sounded pretty intriguing. I was like, yeah, I could see Charlie Kaufman doing this. Well, Charlie Kaufman did write a script, but the version of the movie that's on screens now is not the Charlie Kaufman movie Mm. Uh, because Charlie Kaufman is too weird Mm. to be writing a mainstream Hollywood movie. Honestly, yeah. I've not seen Chaos Walking. Reviews are pretty middling about it, like pretty, you know, meh. I imagine the version that Charlie Kaufman wrote was probably pretty cool, but I, I bet it didn't stick to the novel very much. Yeah. Uh, he tends to go in his own direction. I mean, adaptation, what started as an adaptation of The Orchid Thief and look what it came out as, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so with that being said, do you have... 
a favorite or a top three or a top five directors that you'd like to see take a shot at Star Trek? Off the top of my head, I would say, I would try to just say people that I think would do a good job and that I think would fit Mm-hmm. Like that, it would make sense for them to do a Star Trek movie if that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, I could say, oh, you know, Steven Spielberg doing Star Trek would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it probably would because he's Steven Spielberg, but right? <laughs> he's not going to do a Star Trek movie. No, you know, uh, he doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah, uh, James Wan. Okay, I would yeah. say James Wan would be in there because he has proven that like he can do big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, I love his horror movie stuff, but he also did a Fast and the Furious movie that was really good, and he did Aquaman, which is really good. So oh, okay. I could see him doing a Star Trek movie. Nice. I think it could be cool. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, let me think of who else. I, I started to say Justin Lin, and then I remembered. I think Justin Lin actually directed the third one didn't yeah, Star Trek I think, beyond i think that yeah, was just a blend yeah <laughs> my brain went back to fast and furious because we were talking about james wan and i thought yeah. of justin lynn and then i'm like well, no no he actually he actually did one of those yeah it's a good one it's a really Star good Trek beyond Star Trek yeah. beyond is really good yeah uh, the only one of those i don't particularly care for is the second one the second one yeah yeah, Star Trek uh, yeah i have my issues not with awful it's just it, well i'm sure you'll do an episode on that oh, in, yeah. like, in like six years or whatever yeah. <laughs> point on the show yeah kind of stuck in my head ever since i heard someone say this that star trek stuff is a lot of like a submarine movie because they're all you know it's, it's kind of the ship to ship battle stuff that they do i mean star trek is a lot more than that but i'm trying to think of directors like who did master and commander like who did that I can't think of who did Master and Commander, but something like Star Trek, for some reason, because it's a big franchise, I think of these like journeyman directors who, and that, that sounds like a knock on them. I don't think it is. I think being a journeyman director is actually a really good skill. And there are some movies that could only be helmed by those type of guys. Mm. I don't think James Wan necessarily is like a journeyman director, but I think some directors work better within the confines of a studio than others do. Mm. It's why I think that some directors have, have really thrived working in the MCU. Like someone like James Gunn, who none of his like previous work prior to the MCU would have made you think that he would direct yeah. a big Marvel movie. Yeah, his resume does to, not scream big corporate franchise. But he, yeah. he, he seems to be working well within that system. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Edgar Wright tried to do it and because he was supposed to do Ant-Man, that didn't work out. And it was due to creative differences. And I think it was just because he didn't work well within that system. He just works well doing his own thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it makes me think of directors who could work within that system. And it honestly just makes me think of other guys who have done Marvel movies. <laughs> right, right. Because a lot of them are, are those types. So those, uh, so those are kind of the guys that could do it. Who's your dream director? I mean, would it be Spielberg? I think Spielberg would do great. Like- yeah, I mean, Spielberg does everything well. Yeah, if we're going, if we're getting weird, let's do a Darren Aronofsky Star Trek. <laughs> okay, uh, that would be great. Sure, I would yeah, watch why that. Not? I would watch. He was supposed to do Batman at one point, so you know he clearly doesn't That's care. True. He doesn't did mind you, doing big studio movies. Did you ever read his uh, his Batman? His Batman. No. Oh, it's no, all year one, right? It's, was it year yeah, one? It's, it's not good. <laughs> I loved I loved Darren Aronofsky though, and I think that would be cool. Uh, just oh, to yeah, see, even, yeah. Um, even if it was a train wreck. Uh, oh yeah, Michelle Gondry. And, I'd watch a I'd watch a cardboard Enterprise. Oh, I would love a Michelle Gondry written by Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my start. god. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Black is Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jack Black. Jack Black plays Kirk. Uh, Jim Carrey plays McCoy. Oh, this is getting <laughs> so Mo's, good. Mo's Death plays Spock. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I kind of love the idea of Mo's Death as Spock now. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, Just to see him I in the wig and ears. Here's man. a weird one. A weird one. Paul King. Do you know who Paul King is? Doesn't ring a bell. The British director. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for a show called The Mighty Boosh, which I love. Sort I've heard of uh, that. No fielding. Uh, but he did the Paddington movies. And really? I love the Paddington movies for one. But I also think he has a very fun, whimsical style. I just like that guy. I think he's cool. That's awesome. How do you feel about maybe somebody like, you know, in terms of aliens and whatnot, uh, someone like Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, that would be cool. I think that. I mean, cool. I watch anything he does. So yeah, <laughs> I love Guillermo. Um, I'm sure there'd be an alien that looked like a big bug. <laughs> of course, like yeah, a giant absolutely. beetle. You know, with with like <laughs> mandibles. It's some something with mandibles, like a like the predator. Yeah. Or something, oh. you know? How is the predator? Not made it. the predator. Oh my gosh, that's that got to be a comic exist. book. There's that definitely a comic book. <laughs> has to be. There's no way they haven't made a comic, but they've made Predator meets everything. Yeah, they've made Star Trek meets everything. They've made a yeah. Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. They've done Predator versus like RoboCop or everything. Something, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone has fought the Predator at this point. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, uh, to see if it exists. Uh, it. I don't think it does. Did we just stumble on the next big thing? Oh man, let's write this right is, now. Is is this is this how we retire, Justin? <laughs> Wait, do we do we pitch it as a comic or do we go ahead and just pitch it as a film? Because can you imagine the predator fighting Worf? I'll I'll even go ahead and say like a predator brings the rest of his pack. He's in a pack of three. Go ahead and put him up against a board cube. I mean, they're they're kind of easy uh, targets because they just sit there. Yeah. Well, they have. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I feel like the predators. Energy Unless this leads weapons. up to uh, them assimilating one of the predators. Oh, it's going to happen. Borg. Yeah. We get a Borg predator. Mm. That, that's yeah, dope. I think we're, <laughs> we're onto something. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I think we're onto something. Yeah. I'll make some notes. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. I got a question about this actual episode. Sure. <laughs> uh, because we haven't talked too much about it, but the Nausicans. Yes. First of all, they look silly. They look like um, <laughs> someone like- was trying to draw a Klingon and, <laughs> and decided to add some tusks or something. Yeah, I feel like they're somewhere between a Gorn, like the alligator looking, you know. Yeah, aliens. from the original series. If I mean, that's they, the only. If they, if they had sex with Captain Jack Sparrow, like it would, like, yeah, you would okay. get a Nausicaan. They've been in Star Trek before though, right? I mean, I just looked it up, so I know they have. I say I'd never seen them before. I apparently have because they were in a couple episodes of Next Gen. I was about to say, if they were Uh, anywhere, I bet you they were in Next Gen. They were in an episode in season six with the Q called Tapestry. Yeah. Mm. According to Memory Alpha, which is what I'm looking at right now. But I don't remember them and I don't, I don't know. I was just curious if they were like a regular occurrence, but yeah, like they've I, only made a handful of, they've made 11 appearances in Star Trek, nice. mostly in Deep Space Nine. So, oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I think every show has one alien race that's considered quote unquote, the bad guys of that particular show. And I think for Enterprise, I think it's more the Suluban that look kind of 
like Lizzie. Have, I, have we met them yet? Yeah, we've seen them. I, they were in the pilot, actually. They were enhanced, and they kind of looked like Gak. Are that, they the that, Jello people? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they no, they're not. They're they're not the shapeshifters. Not the shapeshifters. Photo. They can turn invisible, and they've got like a bunch of enhancements, like biomechanical enhancements. Those are the ones that we see in the pilot. They end up being some major players uh, later on, season three, season four. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the trivia. This particular episode was written by James Duff. Uh, he's got credits on Enterprise and Picard and a lot of TV stuff. Uh, and he was the head writer, showrunner, executive producer, and occasionally directed episodes on The Closer. Uh, this episode was directed by Mr. LeVar Burton. Um, Who's that? He he had a role. Uh, he 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 had a bit part on an episode of Community. Set phasers to love me. That's probably where most people. <laughs> um, what it's most well known for. Um, uh, no joke though. I think Lavar Burton seems like one of the nicest people alive. Yeah, he seems like if you worked at the same place that he did, and you passed by him in the hall, and he looked at you and goes, "Hey, Justin, how you how you doing?" And you go, oh, "I'm good." And you kept going by. He strikes me as the type that would put his hand on your shoulder and go, how are you doing? Like, like, he, like he would know yeah. instinctively. And, and at that point is when you break down, I just can't handle it. LeVar. <laughs> so guest starring in this episode is a guy named Lawrence Monos, Monos, Monoson, Monoson. <laughs> Say who? You, you would think Lawrence that that Mono, Man, Monoson, Monoson. Is that Ryan? That's the Ryan. Yeah, he's Commander Matthew Ryan. Yeah, he's kind of jerk in this one. Um, After his turn on Enterprise, he would appear in the classic Starship Troopers 2, Hero Hero of the Federation. Oh, hey, you know, also starring Casper Van Diem, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) But back in 1984, he was in a little uh, little movie called Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. No What'd you think of that one? I'm not a, I'm not big on the final on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. Um, uh, I mean, here's movies, the like thing said, but... with Friday the Thirteenth movies is most of them are not good, but I still <laughs> like most of them anyway. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I just accept them for what they are. Uh, the final chapter that was number five, maybe I can't remember. I, I just bought the Blu-ray box set, so I'm going to dive into them. Uh, yeah, nice. I just the whole series on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> so I will be diving into those soon because I haven't watched them in a few years. But I'm, no, I'm by no means a Friday the 13th expert. I have seen them all. And I've seen them all multiple times, but it's been a while. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, you and Gary tend to lean more towards Michael Myers. I, understandably, Michael Myers is awesome. Oh, so uh, also guest starring in this episode is uh, Kieran Mulrooney. He plays Shaw. Oh, he's Kieran he's kind of he's he's kind of like the flip side of the coin to uh, Commander Matthew Ryan. He's just kind of like, I'm not really on board with, you know, kidnapping and torturing this guy. You know, Oh, that guy with the glasses. That guy. No. Does he have glasses? No, 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 no. He doesn't have glasses. He's kind of the skinny guy. Kind of the skinny guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no, hey, we got to do this. And he's just like, well. And then he like gets up in his face and he's all like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, That guy wrote Power Rangers. Yeah. He is the writer of such masterpieces as uh, 2017's Power Rangers, also uh, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, and Geostorm. 
Well, I don't know what Geostorm is, but I know that <laughs> I never great. saw the second Sherlock Holmes movie because I didn't like the first one. Oh, uh, really? Oh, they're, yeah. they're fun movies. Like it's Robert But Downey let me tell you, that Power Rangers movie, and Miles is going to hate that I say this, but I say it to him regularly. 2017, if you go on my Letterboxd, I'm at Justin underscore Bishop on Letterboxd. I rank my movies like that are coming out that year. Yeah. You know, like every time I see a movie, I rank it. That way, at the end of the year, when it's come time to for a top 10, they're already ranked. I don't you're have to ready. Split over it. Yeah, you were, you're, yeah, you're uh, ready. Power Rangers was dead last in 2017 for me. <laughs> Literally at the bottom of the list. Um, that movie is... Which means you actually saw it. In the theater. In the theater? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it in the theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, by myself, but uh, yeah, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I, I've... And, uh, I've joked with our good friend Miles about Power Rangers as well. I've he actually, loves Power Rangers. He loves, and I, I've written a joke that I do in my stand-up about him loving Power Rangers. I'll, I'll spare you here, but uh, yeah, he's a big Power Rangers guy. And I'll, I'll go ahead and admit, it was staring me in the face for a long time of like, hey, here's the Power Rangers movie, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch Power Rangers. But every now and then, when I would flip through looking for movies, Power Rangers would pop up, and I, one day I was just kind of like, all right. It's going to be terrible, but let's go ahead and just get through this. And I sat and watched it and it's not good, but I think maybe because I had my expectations so low, I was yeah. not as disappointed as I, I mean, the cast I is be. very good. Yeah. The cast is generally. Yeah. And I mean, they threw money at that thing. So it looks decent, but and I love Elizabeth Banks. So I want, sure. you know, I like Brian Cranston. Her. Brian Cranston. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd but... watch him read a phone book. Yeah. So uh, Kieran Mulrooney, before both of his appearances in the Star Trek universe, he was he was also in a Next Gen episode, which we'll get to that later. You know, other than those, he will forever be known as Timmy, the character who rebukes George Costanza on Seinfeld for double dipping the chip. Oh, that's him? At the funeral. That's the guy. <laughs> yep, absolutely. He double dipped the chip. He, do he double dipped the chip. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, that makes me really like this guy. Oh I like, yeah, I like anyone that shows up on Seinfeld, including oh, yeah. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, Pat Oswalt. <laughs> I mean, that list is huge of you know yeah. folks who have guest starred on that one. And it's you know as a comedy fan, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those. Just even if you get one of those lists that hey, here's like the top twenty episodes, and you only watch those top twenty you're going to get so many little nuggets out of it. But yeah, that show, uh, even its low points was still really, really great. Uh, Seinfeld's the best sitcom to ever exist. So yes, go on it, record as saying it, that it's a very, it's, it's very high on the list of greatest sitcoms of all time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's easily top five, I would say on most people's lists of the, yeah, like stuff. right, like right after big bang theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you? That's a joke. I, hate I was going to say. Theory. I thought you weren't a fan of Big Bang. <laughs> no, theory. I think that I think it is nerd exploitation, and it's not funny. It, it here's the thing: as a comedic exercise in writing, I like the prompt of like two scientists are roommates, and a pretty girl moves in next door. I think that's a great writing prompt. Um, for as long as that show went. And you know, yeah, a lot of nerd exploit, uh, nerd exploitation for sure. So it wasn't perfect. I don't think any show really has been. Uh, there's been a few that are pretty darn close, but yeah. But anyways, yeah, Seinfeld, it's comedy gold, you know, all the way around, regardless of any personal feelings 
about Seinfeld and his career or material or methods. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Justin. We're about at the end. Um, Are we done? Was that all? That, the yeah, that's that we pretty. Had? Yeah, we kept. I kept it pretty short with just the folks uh, involved in two in front, two behind the camera. Next week, our good friend Gary Horn is coming back on the show for Enterprise Season 1, Episode 12, Silent Enemy, which, of course, is available on Paramount+. Plus. So I hope y'all go and watch it so you can tune in and listen to us talk about it very little, and we'll talk about something else probably. (laughs) We're probably going to talk about wrestling. uh, Gary's... uh, Gary's hip deep in wrestling stuff right now. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Justin, tell everybody about Cinema Shock. It's a movie podcast. We talk about movies. We talk about the creation of cult movies, basically. Like by creation, I mean, like we go into a deep dive on the behind the scenes stories on these movies. So we will have just finished up the first half of our Toby Hooper series. Mm -hmm. And we'll be starting our Dan O'Bannon series. Dan O'Bannon is a filmmaker, writer, director, who has worked on everything from Alien to Star Wars to Heavy Metal to Return of the Living Dead. Nice. He's all over the place. There's some good ones. I watched uh, Dark Star. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope so, because we're recording an episode on it soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> got you some for watching. Thank you yeah. for watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where can they find you online? I am at Justin underscore Bishop on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, the Podcast is at cinema underscore shock on Twitter and Instagram or cinemashock.net. And Todd's on there. He's a he's a co-host. Yeah, I and make Gary. occasional appearances. <laughs> <laughs> and I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10 Ford. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was done by Will Martin at heyitswill.seo on Instagram. And I'm Kat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. What about a Tim Burton Star Trek? Tim Burton from the early 90s or Tim Burton from now? Um, Let's not limit him. <laughs> any and, well, if it's, any and all. if it's early 90s then yeah i'm down because that's when tim burton was really good if it's tim burton from now then he's just gonna phone it in and he's gonna have a really hard time fitting in johnny depp because there are so few hats in star trek <laughs> think about how many hats you see in star trek oh, and outside the holodeck and outside of Whoopi goldberg because she has wonderful hats <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, she does. It's more of a habit, really. Yeah. But <laughs> very few hats. Yeah. Um somebody's on Twitter right now going like writing a list of <laughs> of hats. Of hats. Of show Star the, Trek hats. Show these Star Trek I'll show them. There's so many hats in Star Trek. <laughs> Dumb idiots. I'll as he adjusts his own hat his little fedora yeah there you go (laughs) who does who does helen and helena bottom carter get cast as deanna troy okay oh wow (laughs) (laughs) like showing up to her as my therapist like i I picture i picture the same outfits but like 
her hair is all strung out and wild. Yeah, like Beatrix, like in um, like in Harry Beatrix Potter. Lestrange. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and smoking a cigarette. Like I, I picture yep. smoking a cigarette as well. Um, Always. <laughs> if we're talking, if we're talking next gen, and Helena Bonham Carter is Deanna Troy, Johnny Depp has to be Data. Yeah. He yeah, wants to wear the funny he, makeup. Yeah, he wants he'd to be wear data. the contact lenses. I almost said Worf until you said Data, and I was just like, "Oh, that's perfect." Well, Vin I mean, Diesel is Data. I mean, is is Worf? Oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin oh, Diesel so is Worf. We're va- we're just fan casting now. Yeah, Vin Diesel has no connection <laughs> to Tim Burton at all. Vin Diesel is Worf because uh, he's got the forehead for it. I mean, yeah, he's, of course. Oops, all forehead is what he is. Well, uh, Gary and I were talking about like how Vin Diesel has not been in a Star Trek property is amazing at this point. Like not he's, even as perfect for a Klingon, to be honest. Yeah, or like a like an Orion got, slave trader or something. He's got like the that. voice, and yeah. he's got the I don't know his fate. He because he is bald. I guess I mean it feels like it lends itself, and he's huge. Yeah, I mean he's, yeah, a, big he's a big dude. dude. And I'm trying to think of rounding out the cast here. Who else? Well, we got Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. Who do you who's gonna play Jordy LaForge? You wanna you wanna double cast most deaf? Most deaf again. It's most deaf. <laughs> it's we'll just have most deaf in every version of Star Trek. <laughs> uh, and then you've got uh Dr. Crusher, mm. who I'm going to cast Amy Adams as Dr. Crusher. Solid cast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley some- Crusher. I saw someone cast uh, Christina Hendricks as Dr. Crusher. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, she's got the right. red hair. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's all we're going on, I guess. I mean, she, it, I mean it's not that she's a bad actress. Dog. No, she's great. Christina Hendricks is great. Yeah. I don't see her as a doctor, but. Yeah, I don't really Maybe see it's because I've mostly only seen her in Mad Men. Yeah. And, or, or as the mother of a teenager. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really have gotta, that well, Who's going to be Wesley? I'm casting. Spider-Man. Tom Holland? He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Three years old. He's yeah, like 25 or something. He does still look like he's in high school, though. Come on. How about... How I mean, about, unless you're talking season ooh, one. How about Wesley. this? How about this? We're flipping it. Millie Bobby Brown. Wesley Crusher oh, is... Oh, yeah! Uh, is Millie Bobby Brown. We got Worf. Got Data. Who are we forgetting? Who's the doctor? No, that's well, Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. Um, um, we're forgetting someone... Oh, oh, Picard and Riker. Picard and the two. <laughs> the, two the two main ones. <laughs> uh, well, who's got a great beard? Ooh. Here's where we're going. Here's where we're going with this version of Star Trek. Yeah. Gerard Butler is Riker. Oh, <laughs> like, I, yeah. Like I current, ch- not, not 300 like jacked Mr. Abs Gerard Butler. I mean, like current Gerard Butler, who's just <laughs> kind of, kind of frumpy and looks like he's, uh, He's hung over all the time. <laughs> that Gerard Butler who does yeah. like, who does the like uh, Angel Has Fallen movies. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. You know, that version. Exactly. I, which I love, honestly. They're fun. Uh, They're a lot of fun. So, so there's, but, uh, you've got Hungover Riker, which seems fitting. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> somehow just seems like it. So he, he'll still lift his leg over the chair, but when he dismounts, he'll just put his got- foot on the chair and kick it over. No, he's just gonna. Well, when he does the over the chair, he grunts (laughs) every now and then a little fart slips out. (laughs) And then Picard, um, you got to pick somebody bald. So Jason Statham, 
Oh, see, I was going to go Christian Bale, but yeah. And he's British. And he's British, yeah. And he will drop kick a Borg. Yeah, he will. <laughs> oh, yeah, he will. I mean, it's fan... Who cares? Yeah, it's fan casting. Jason Statham is Picard. Jason Statham is Captain Picard. Oh, this is... Yeah, this is going to be... Now you uh, got to do a Jason Statham voice saying, make it so. Can you do it, Todd? Okay. Do you have to send you? Yeah, I think so. I have to start... I have to warm up with like... A potato. <laughs> I'll take my shirt off and beat him to death with it. Order, order your Earl Grey tea in that voice. Tea, Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> That's not bad. That's a That's pretty good. It's pretty oh, good. Uh, uh, make it so. Engage. Shut up, <laughs> Shut up Wesley. <laughs> Doctor Crusher, Doctor Crusher. You and Deanna Troy in my ready room. I'll be ready. <laughs> that's a that's a problematic Picard, but <laughs> hey, you know it's Jason Statham. What what do you expect? Yeah, Jason, Jason Statham, Statham and Gerard Butler. This is problematic Star Trek. <laughs> that's that should have been the name of your podcast. That's it. That's we're. I, I thought Trek. I had a better name. That's that's what it's going to be. <laughs> oh my god! How's that for a slice of fried gold? Oh, more fish for Kunta.